Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello there and welcome to Pitch Deck Asia. My name is Cheryl and I am a certified high performance coach, best selling author, and I am so happy to be here today to be sharing this show with you with two founders and an advisor, all talking about the founder's journey. I have with me today Teresa and Angela and Kenneret, and I will leave the ladies to share their idea and what they do, and then we're going to dig a little deeper into their story thereafter. Let's start off with Kinneret. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Uh, I'm Kinneret. I'm the co-founder of Impact Tech. Uh, Impact Tech, we empower impact-driven technology companies. Uh, we like to say that we build leaders and we create success stories. Uh, among the services we provide, first of all, is acceleration programs. Uh, we provide also corporate acceleration programs. Uh, we recently uh, ran the, the Idea Refinery for Shell, and we're now running the Singtel Future Makers. Uh, we also provide workshops and bespoke activities. And we've been doing this for the last three years in Singapore. Uh, we also uh, operate in Bangkok. Uh, we recently started in Hong Kong and soon in Japan. Thank you. Teresa, what about you? Uh, my name is Teresa. Thank you for joining us today. I'm the founder of Gift It Forward, a social enterprise in Singapore. We are a technology platform that connects people to charities through celebrations. We empower people to, um, to raise funds for a charity that they care about and a gift that they want to receive whenever they're celebrating a special occasion, whether it's birthdays, baby showers, weddings, or even a memorial. Lovely. What about you, Angela? Lucky last. Uh, my name is Angela Conroy. I am the founder of Connect, which is a workflow platform helping banks and service providers like law firms and accounting firms onboard their clients more efficiently and provide better customer service. Nice, nice. So I help women, business leaders and founders and entrepreneurs to thrive in whatever they do and still live a happy, vibrant and fulfilling life. And that's a huge huge challenge for many and that's the reason why the very first question I want to delve into is what was the big idea? What made you say yes to this idea and give it your all? Right? So between Teresa and Angela, take your pick. Who would like to go first? Share with us what gave birth to that. My uh, traditional history had been working as a private equity lawyer for a private equity firm here in, in Singapore. And uh, we managed a portfolio of global companies and obviously several entities to manage that portfolio. I was having the same problem with all of the banks, all of the accounting providers, all of our legal services providers. They needed the same information over and over and over again, and it was driving me crazy. And I couldn't believe there wasn't a platform that sat between all of the, all of the entities and, and helped the onboarding process go more efficiently. So that's why I thought, hang on, I'm going to create something. And that's what I'm doing that now. Right. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your motivation when you started? My motivation was simply to help me have a better job. So I came to work every day and I think maybe 40% of my time was taken up by this, this admin task, which was not what I was necessarily hired to do, not what I was went to law school to do, that's for sure. But what I thought maybe is that if I'm having the same problem, maybe this problem is happening in other places. And so I started to ask my other colleagues, my other friends, and this is absolutely a global problem. Right, so it resonated with people that you were sharing that with. Absolutely, yeah. Right, so I was doing a little bit of a research on gifting it forward, and it's resonated with me. So, Teresa, tell me, I, 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 it just blew my mind why nobody has done something like that before. So, what's your big idea, and why does push behind it? 
So my big idea is an online gifting and um, charity platform uh, that connects people to charities for celebrations. And as a mom of three young kids, we go to a lot of birthday parties, and I see how wasteful and how privileged we are in Singapore. And I thought, wow, there must be a better way that we can do this, because most of the kids, they cannot appreciate all the things that they are getting. Um, and I wanted to teach my kids that getting is just as important as giving, and that in order for them to feel gratitude, they have to understand that they don't get a lot of things all the time, but maybe one or two special things that they can really appreciate. And I think it's this sense of gratitude that we can um, avoid a sense of self-entitlement, especially in children. So I envisioned a way where we can make gift-giving meaningful for the receiver, simple for the user, um, and also try to benefit the charities and the environment by making it environmentally friendly. Right. So how far along are you now on this adventure of yours? So the site has launched uh, 18 months ago, and we've been operational ever since. And Angela? We are just doing our seed fundraising at the moment, so we are sort of halfway through that that very initial stage. Right. So let's let's just, you know, face the realities, right? At this point in time, what's the biggest challenge that you see in front of you? Now that the enthusiasm, you know, and, and the novelty of your idea has sort of surfaced and bubbled, and then now the reality is setting in. What's your number one challenge? It's so hard to pick one. Um, but I think for, I mean, and challenges change every day, depending on which sort of phase you are in on, on your journey. Um, you sort of feel like you're a mountain climber at the bottom of Mount Everest looking up, I think, some days. And other days you kind of feel like you're sort of making progress. But I think the biggest challenge that every founder faces is is capital. How do you access the money? Where does it come from? Is it good money? Is it bad money? Is it, you know, is it the most strategically beneficial for you? I think it's, particularly for me in my in my phase that I'm in at the moment, it's definitely capital is the, the challenge. Okay. And what about you, Tracy? I would say it's the same. So until this point, we've been completely bootstrapped. I needed to just to kind of validate my idea, make sure that it worked um, before I went to go seek um, seed funding. And that's where we are now. So we're seeking our first round and just trying to um, understand what, what are the different sources of funding. Um, and then when I get there, it's you know, the challenges become you're a single founder, there's enough traction, there's not enough traction, you're a social impact uh, organization, does that have commercial value as well? So those are the challenges. I'm right. Facing. And I'm sure many of these challenges is not new to Kinneret. You should probably have heard this a thousand times. So what are some of your perspective, Kinneret? And in addition to the tool, you know, what they've shared, what else should they be looking out for? Oh, well, first of all, I think what Angela said is great, but sometimes you do feel that you're on top of Mount Everest, uh, not always at the bottom and not always in the middle. Uh, and yes, being a startup is a, it's a roller coaster every day. So you start the day at one point and you finish it different than you thought, and it's a, it's a real headache. Uh, but first of all, I want to con- I know Teresa. Uh, I know her for a while. I think she's doing a great job. Uh, and Angela, I think. Uh, First of all, congratulations of sort of uh, um, that, that leap that you decided to do something. Uh, I think uh, you both have a personal story, uh, which is great. And I think that uh, that is something that investors and people are, first of all, looking to hear why you started this. Uh, and when it comes from, from inside, then uh, it's much more uh, valuable. Um, as an early stage, yes, it's very, very hard, very, very hard, extremely hard to get that uh, first uh, first investment. Um, in Singapore, luckily, uh, 
We have, of course, uh, many, many uh, grant opportunities. Uh, there is now uh, from uh, Enterprise Singapore, uh, formerly known as Spring, um, the SG Founder Grant, which gives you up to $30,000 if you're a first-time entrepreneur. Uh, and it's pretty, it's not very hard to receive that grant. So, Angela, I think uh, you can definitely apply for that, and I'll uh, explain you after how you can do that. Um, and Teresa, uh, since I know what you're doing uh, a very long time now, uh, yeah, it's a bit hard, and you're also considered as, a, like you said, a social impact. And for investors or the big VCs, it always look at as, hmm, until I will, I will see my return. It will take a very long time. Uh, it's a social enterprise. I don't see value in this. No, I don't want to invest. So uh, my suggestion always for the early stage is really to look for those angel investors, uh, the people that believe in you and your cause and what you do. And once you get that initial uh, funding, then just work and work and work and work and get traction and traction and even bootstrap a bit more and you know after two years maybe okay I've done something I've uh, I have a lot of users now people like what I do maybe now it's uh, time to start another round of uh, fundraising but I I always believe you really really need to work a lot before people actually believe in you and really want to give you money but the first first amount you can get is either friends or family or that person that believes in you. And in Singapore, like I said, a few grants. No, I th really appreciate the advice. And I think that brings me to another point. It's one of the other big challenges is, is finding that advice from people in the, in the startup community. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits I've seen of being in Singapore is that, that help is just a phone call away. Whether you know the person or whether you don't know the person, people in this community have been so willing to open their doors and, and their voices and sort of give advice to sort of first-time founders, which has been invaluable I think because the fastest way to learn is from other people's mistakes the cheapest way also <laughs> so. that's that's so true I started 10 years ago right and and it was from the people that around that was around me and trusted the, the idea that was before its time and trusted you as a person so if you were you know if you were to share your idea amongst us and then you know a number of us put up our hands what do you think would be the strongest value that you know in your business idea that would touch the heart of the person who, to put that trust in you what do you think is the strongest so it's not about your product or your service what is the strongest essence of that so for me um, I think it's about having patience as well. Um, I, from what I understand and what I hear about finding partners especially investors it's harder to break that relationship than a marriage um, so it's it's very important to find that somebody who believes in you cause. And for me, um, as a social enterprise, I have to find somebody that believes in the social aspect of it as much as the commercial aspect of it. And until I find that person, I will know um, that they believe in this cause as much as I do. Right. Angela, any thoughts? I think um, someone I spoke to late last week, an investor, put it well um, when she said, I'm not necessarily investing in you because this product is fantastic, even though she does think it's fantastic. Um, she, but she's investing in me as a founder for the lifestyle, life cycle of my, of my business capability. So she said she thinks that I've got a good sort of understanding of how business works and what it takes to build a company. And so therefore, you're not necessarily going to stick to one company for the next 30 or 40 years. So if you build a solid foundation as a partnership now, that way you're both more likely to be successful together. Right. So with that in mind, moving forward, what are some, you know, 
what are some of your thoughts around the process, the approach that you would go about meeting these challenges? So I think it's just, it's kind of um, meeting as many people as you possibly can, um, whether it's through connections or through referrals or through competitions. There are, in Singapore, we're very lucky that there are not only a lot of startup communities, but there are a lot of startup communities for women. So trying to get into those or trying to meet people through those has been very helpful. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's really important for women to help other women. Uh, and just in general, um, the startup community, as Angela has mentioned, has been very supportive. So trying to meet as many people, and it's just a numbers game. Surely, mm-hmm. it's the more people you meet, the better the chances that you are of meeting somebody that will support your cause and believe in you. Right, so I see Angela nodding. Yeah, I think Kinneret put it well when she said you just have to work and work and work and work and work. <laughs> right, so Kinneret, let's go a little bit more specifically. When you say work and work and work, are there any specific areas that you feel, you know, as a general overview that they need to look into? How, what areas should be product, the distribution? Okay, so first of all, I want to go back a bit. Uh, Angela said that she really appreciates advice and everything. And I just want to go back a little about myself. So I came to Singapore 10 years ago from Israel. uh, And I started my first uh, startup. It was a food delivery company. And I joined a few. At that point, uh, Singapore was very different in terms of the startup ecosystem. And I joined this accelerator here, incubator there. And I really didn't receive what I really needed to. Uh, not not good advice or uh, not good mentors. And uh, um, I, after that, I had another startup. And I also saw that. And I did pretty well on my own. Uh, and three years ago, I said, okay, now I want to help other startups. And that's why I started Impact Tech, which is mainly acceleration program. And I think for startups, uh, it's very important to, at the beginning, when they're in early stages, to join acceleration programs. Because uh, like Teresa said, uh, we have the connections, we have the network, uh, we can guide you, we have the mentors. So it's really, really helpful for early stage uh, startups uh, to join uh, accelerators. Um, There are many in Singapore. Uh, everybody's different, but uh, I think you should try a few and you know see what uh, really can benefit you as an early stage uh, startup. Uh, in terms of work, 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 uh, every startup is different. Uh, so it's really hard to point something uh, specific. But uh, if you're an application, and of course, uh, as many users as possible. Uh, if you're a product, then uh, uh, valuable partnerships or uh, uh, some uh, some testing, so it really really depends. But you really really have to show that you have people that uh, companies or people that, that believe in you and in what you do. And when I say work, I mean just create that traction <laughs> that uh, that people will know what you're doing. And uh, investors, when they come and ask, okay, uh, what is your? The, sometimes they don't even care about the revenue. They care about wow, you have a million downloads in two months. Wow, okay, that's definitely uh, that's you know points that this is going to be a great startup. Right. So let's pick up from that point. From your perspective in your respective business, right? What metrics or key metrics are you looking at? You know, given that you have you have just started a business, what are key metrics that will wow the people and yet find a way into their hearts? What might be some of the metrics? 
I think the oval, oval size of the problem, in the, particularly in the Know Your Customer area or the due diligence area when uh, clients are being onboarded, it is a truly global problem. So every single company that's registered with a regulator has this problem that we're trying to solve. So I think that really just opens the doors to investors and then it's sort of an, it flows on from there. But at least that's enough to get you sort of in the door. And for me, it's, it's similar. So when I'm looking at the overall gifting market globally, it is a big number. And then just based on a recent study by Time Magazine, 75% of those gifts are actually unwanted. So they're either sold, re-gifted, or given to charity. So that is a huge number. Um, for myself as the business, we're looking at the number of users who use the platform, how much money we essentially redirect from less meaningful gifts into good causes and meaningful gifts. Um, and looking at that, uh, I think, is how we redirect and we grow the financial space for the social sector as well. Right. I'm going to go a little bit into the softer measures, right? So so Angela moved from a corporate arena and, and transited into being an, an entrepreneur. What made you take that leap? I guess just the thought of getting up every day and thinking that I was having to do this, this crazy inefficient process and everybody else was having to do the same inefficient process. I was like, surely something can be done to change this. And I guess it was just wanting, wanting the world to be a better place, not quite as, as better the places Teresa's making it, but definitely a, a more enjoyable place to work. Um, I think compliance managers have some of the highest turnover in banks and service providers as well because the work is very unfulfilling at times and it, it is very thankless as well. So at least this way, if you provide a much more efficient process... It's much more enjoyable. Everyone's sort of got a higher, a higher level of happiness at work and they're more likely to stick around. So, so there, there are a lot of other compliance offices around. So why you? Why, why did you pick this up and, you know, it becomes your manifesto to do something different? I guess I was just incapable of sitting there seeing this problem and not fixing it, not even trying to have a, a go at fixing it, I think. So it's just always been if you see something that's broken, fix it. Why not? Right. And Teresa? Um, similarly, I had uh, my my professional background was as a management consultant and a corporate strategist. Mm. So having a really large regional role and trying to balance a young family with travel and long hours just wasn't for me at the time. So I took uh, the opportunity to take a career break, and at the same time, it gave me a chance to think, well, um, what kind of role model I wanted to be for my children, and I was raised by very amazing parents who were great role models for generosity and charity, um, and I wanted to do the same for my children. So um, just being able to do that, and then from a background perspective, I also love technology, and being able to use that to help other people do good is something that I'm really, really happy that I can do. Right. So there's a little bit of the legacy piece within your story. Yeah, absolutely. That, that you're building towards. Yeah. So when we when we look at founders and, and getting behind them, what are some of the, if you like, traits or non-tangibles that you feel would resonate? So first of all, I think we have two good examples. Uh, both Angela and Teresa come from the corporate world. They have uh, experience. Uh, they know how things work, uh, how the politics works in the corporate, and they have a uh, they have the experience, and I think it's very important for founders. Uh, first of all, I always look at, in Singapore, we have many, many young founders, around the 20 years old. They just finish uh, their studies, and they're open a startup. And, uh, and when you look at the youngsters, and then you look at the more mature people, um, I think the success stories come from more the mature uh, founders that been there, done that. They see how they know how the world works and how a corporate works. And I think it's very important. So uh, I think uh, here we have two good examples, and also you know it's women that you know 
have a family and um, they're they're doing it and it's uh, it's powerful and it's uh, meaningful. So it tells a different story, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, you were you were mentioning that one of your your great challenge is around uh, around capital. What about from a human capital perspective? I think that's. It's always the biggest challenge, I think, for startups, um, particularly because you can't pay the big bucks that the, the bigger organisations can do. So you have to compete on um, quality of life, I think, for staff members, and you kind of have to sell them the dream as well. So no one believes in your product as much as you do, so you're the best salesperson for your company. So I think if you can translate some of that passion and some of that enthusiasm to, to people that you're going to want to bring on the journey with you, then you're likely to get some pretty passionate and interesting staff with you. But it's hard. It's one of the biggest challenges. Are for you sure. a sole founder? Yes, for now. Although I'd like, I'd love a technical co-founder. I'm sort of doing what I can to sort of educate myself on the technical piece, but it's it's a bit of a minefield sometimes. Do you have anyone else on your team right now? I've just advisors. Yep. Well, you have advisors, That's which which good. is, I mean, it's the world really. <laughs> Yes, it's, I think it's it is such a lonely journey at times being a founder. I think whether you're a co-founder or a founder, you are kind of um, at times there's a lot of long late nights, dark rooms. Um, phone calls no one to sort of bounce ideas off so I think that is one of the key challenges as well as just fending off that loneliness and making sure you do have as you mentioned before your tribe around you to sort of keep you keep you honest and keep you moving forward yes Teresa um yeah I think human capital perspective for me it's um it's been an interesting journey because I've, I've done this as a sole founder for the time being so for the last two years I've been doing this as a sole founder I haven't I've looked, but I haven't looked very hard, to be honest, um, for for a found, for a co-founder. But I think should I look? I think there are very many talented people in Singapore, um, especially people who believe in the social causes. So I think for me, um, being a social cause as well, the social aspect would be able to sell somebody with that. But again, it's it's somebody leaving their corporate job with you know a steady salary, um, a stable income. Um, I think that that is a challenge to be able to to meet. So trying to match that with the dream, as Angela said, I think is the challenge. Right. So going move, going forward in your next couple of steps, what sort of mentor will you be looking for? I mean, when when I was uh, reading about um, the very first podcaster who became famous, right? And he said that you know, would he choose a very famous person to become his mentor, he would say, he says, no, I'm going to choose somebody that is two, three steps ahead of me. So who are you looking forward to as a mentors and what, what would you want advice from them for? So for me, I would be looking for somebody who has launched platforms internationally, especially in the social uh, sector. Um, that's what our next plans are for Gift It Forward is trying to launch this internationally in a number of different markets and how do we get there fastest so we can make the biggest social impact and somebody who has done this not only from a technology perspective but also within that space. Right, so who have you been speaking with and where where have you been showing up? Um, so last week I was very lucky to attend a conference in Bangkok, the IFC conference, and there I met a number of really amazing people um, that I will continue to connect with through there. So different forums like that and through other organizations such as um, Crib in Singapore mm-hmm. and also through Impact Tech. I continue to meet other mentors and um, and people in, in this industry. Okay. And Angela? 
Same sort of thing, I think, just tapping into my existing networks. Um, I was very lucky to work in that domain space already, so I had quite a quite an active network. And I think just as soon as you put your hand up and say, hey, I'm giving this a go, people are more than willing to sort of push you in the right direction and say, oh, someone else is doing you know, something that's sort of relevant, go and chat to them. So I think that's what's, that's what's sort of been the most helpful way to sort of start the conversation. Right. So any other tr- tips or tricks that they can be having in their pocket? Well, regarding mentors, I think it's um, a lot of people uh, look at uh, mentors in a various ways. So most people think that a mentor, let's say I'm a high executive at the bank, then I can mentor a startup on their business plan or, or financials. And I, I, I wouldn't say it's totally wrong, but I think that's not the way to go. Um, I think uh, you should have people uh, advise you uh, that been there and done that. It's uh, much easier to speak to a, even a, a very, let's say, young entrepreneur, but that had a startup and built his own business plan. Uh, and he knows what a startup needs uh, because uh, these you know, high executives are more professional people. Uh, they don't really know what a startup needs. Um, a startup doesn't need a four-year business plan with uh, so many details. It just needs, you know, how, how do I get through the next six months or 12 months maximum? So I think uh, getting someone uh, as an advisor or mentor or just, you know, just someone to talk to that it, that's done that also, you know, been there, done that, it's very important. Uh, a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people are willing to just help and give advice. Um, I think as women, we have this also, uh, when a woman asks a woman, it's, you know, oh, okay, yeah, sure, uh, we can have coffee along the way, we talk about other things, but Sometimes it's uh, easier to talk maybe to uh, women because uh, we understand each other better than maybe men understand us. So a little bit of a, a dif- different perspective because uh, when I started, I my my group of mentors even up to now, um, three out of five of my mentors were all men, are men, and they are hugely successful. Uh, and I've always searched for mentors that are three to four steps ahead of me. Right, and and that has helped me guide the way, and there's there's a resonance in the issues that we face, and that they know what we're talking about, you know, and the pain that we have. So I want to then ask you: at the end of the day, when this problem that you see is being solved, what would the beautiful world look like? Well, for me, I think I want to change the way that people celebrate. I want to incorporate charities into special occasions for everybody. Um, that you make it. That you make celebrations really social, so that's the world I want to leave behind. Thank you, Angela. I think for me, it's more about um, companies being able to reduce their risk efficiently and and not having to spend a huge amount of money to do that. I think they the compliance programs that are globally enacting at the moment they're just they're hugely inefficient and they're hugely cost costly. So I think if you can provide the staff a better experience, you can provide the customers a better experience, and overall the banks and the service providers will will benefit from that. Very nice. Now, now that you have like started your journey and you are you know, two years, three years into it, um, what's your greatest learning? Because you remember, you are a mentor then to people who are two to three steps behind you right now. What would you tell them? 
I would definitely say ask advice from the right people. I think in the very early stages of my journey, I was delayed quite a while because I was asking the people that were closest to me, hey, I've got this idea because I think it's a great idea and it's going to solve this big problem. But they didn't know the industry. They knew me and they had faith in my abilities, but they didn't know anything about the global problem. They didn't know anything about the industry. So that kind of knocked my confidence when they sort of didn't have the same passion or the same belief that I did. So I think it's very much about find people that are, that are relevant to what you're talking about and try and convince them of the problem. I think that's probably my, my biggest piece of advice. So testing the idea, etc., with the right audience and Absolutely. not just any audience. Absolutely. All right, Teresa. Um, I think it is trying to find a co-founder. I think I had underestimated the amount of time and energy and investment it would take in order to do this business. Um, I think if I had a chance to go back, I would try to look for a co-founder even earlier on in the business. Uh, but now, I mean, I've done it on my own, so I've proven it, but it's been a lot of sleepless nights as well, but that's okay. Um, also, I think building an MVP is really important. Um, and if you're going to fail, fail fast. So whatever features, products, um, part of your app or website you're trying to build doesn't work, you want to know very quickly so that you can fix it and move on. Right. So at, at the same time, I'm going to turn the mic over to Ken and Ryan to ask, for them, the next two, three steps. What might be some potholes that you see might be coming up their horizon for them to be aware of? Oh, well, first of all, I think Angela is really just starting, and I think uh, she'll have uh, days that she'll feel that she's even below the Everest. Uh, so uh, our philosophy is really uh, do not be afraid to fail, and it only makes you better. And I think here in Asia, uh, failing is uh, perceived as something not good, uh, I come from Israel, and uh, for us, failure, we embrace failure because uh, we just, you know, pick up the pieces and move on and, you know, find uh, different directions. So failing uh, will happen. It happens every day, uh, but it's good. Always try to, okay, why did I fail? Like, do reflections. It's very important. Um, and, of course, the funding issue will be a big problem, but just never give up. Uh, just really never give up. Uh, sometimes it's really tough and you feel very, very lonely. Uh, but uh, just find the right people. And I just want to add regarding the mentors, of course, you need to talk to as many people uh, as possible. Like I said, you can have people direct you, but you can have just people... Uh, of course, uh, speaking to a man is, is excellent. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but uh, just speak to as many people as possible. Get advice from everybody. Uh, your friends and your family sometimes may be uh, not the right people uh, because your parents or you know people that are close to you will want the best for you. So being an entrepreneur may sound like, oh my God, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer anymore. It's terrible. Um, and your friends might be jealous of you so because you did that leap and they're still in the corporate. So maybe their advice will be, ah, no, it's a bad idea. You know, so just, uh, but some friends may be very uh, helpful. So, um, uh, and regarding, uh, so like I said, failing will happen. And uh, just, you know, just look at the bright side and uh, continue to tap on your shoulder and say, hey, I did it and I'll continue to do it and never give up. Um, it's really hard to give up, but just don't give up. Yeah, I think one, one of the key things to always remember is who you are and who do you want to be at the end of the journey, right? So Teresa's dream started off with, you know, with having already built it in the legacy element in that. 
we are you are building some towards something every single day. So who do you want to be as as you build towards that? I think the last question I have for both of you is, if you have a chance to tell the younger you, what would you tell her? Start as soon as possible. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. And just do your research. Make sure you're prepared. But just dive straight in because there's no. You either learn or you make progress. And there's there's no other alternative. Thank you, Teresa. I think um, to absorb everything you can from your corporate background, because I think from that I have learned to transform businesses. I have learned to build teams through other industries and and other roles. So absorb as much as you can, and again, take that with you, and don't forget any of it, and take that with you so that you can build your own business to change people's lives in other ways. Excellent. Get it right. The younger you. Uh, the younger me. I wouldn't change anything in my journey. Uh, I failed a lot, uh, but like I said, I picked up the pieces, and uh, so never look back. Whatever you do, even if you know, I think, oh my God, it was a terrible decision, but it made you do a different thing uh, another day. And another thing, um, just don't always think about, uh, you know, an exit strategy or uh, how I'm going to sell my company or uh, who's going to buy me. Just, it's, you know, if you like what you're doing, then continue to do it. But never look back. Everything is done for a cause and a reason. Right. And for me, um, I would say embrace your ambition. I'll tell my younger self, embrace your ambitions much, much earlier and and let let you show up and that's it pitch deck asia is a wrap if you like this particular episode and you love what Teresa and uh, angela are doing then check them out and i would love for you to share with us your comments and your own journey as a founder at this stage, what are some of the challenges? We'd love to hear from you. This is Cheryl signing off on behalf of the team at Pitch Deck Asia. We trust you have gleaned words of wisdom. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.